HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome to HRN on Tour at Charleston Wine and Food 2022. I'm Christine Sykes-Lowe, and today we are broadcasting live from the heart of Culinary Village. I am here with Chef Lamar, an award-winning Haitian-born chef and the host of the Luda Can't Cook series on Discovery Plus with award-winning rapper, actor, restaurateur, Chris Ludacris Bridges. He is also a contestant of the Food Network's hit series, Cutthroat Kitchen and Chopped, as well as the co-owner and executive chef of Sensory Delights, a full-service catering company based out of South Florida. Welcome, Alan. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank so, you for the invitation. Yes, yeah, so good to see you and run into you last night briefly. Um, this is great to have you join us today. Um, so you wrapped up, last night you wrapped up Fire, Smoke, and Soul. Yes, we did, yes. So... As the guest chef of the Haitian cooking involves quite a bit of fire technique. So yes. what what did that evening entail? Um, that evening entailed us um, cooking an open fire. You know, um, whether we're using charcoal, smokers, or fire on wood. Um, so it was um, kind of bringing the old traditional street food vibes from different parts of the diaspora, the African diaspora, back to this event. Sounds amazing. Was it a big crowd? Yes, we did have a good turnout. There was over 70, 80 people there. So it was fun. People had a good time. Lots of food, lots of drinks. That's the perfect amount, too, for people to be able to get a little up close and personal with the chefs and enjoy themselves. So um, how would you describe Haitian food to someone who has never tried it? Um, I like to use these three terms, bold, fresh, and your face. Right, um, we're we're very accustomed to using fresh ingredients, and um, it's the way that we we spice our food, the the blend of ingredients that we use to season them, the techniques of cooking it too. We do have a great array of food that is slow cooked, right? We do have some fried goods also, but I would say that our main thing is slow braised. Slow cooking yes. and a lot of uh, French and African influence. Yes, French, African influence, Spanish influence, 
we also have some Middle Eastern influence also. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I'm part Lebanese. Okay. I like that. I so like we do that. have that. Yeah, we have kibi. Like, kibi is very popular in Haiti. Yes. Really? Yes. So growing up, I, uh, kibbe, my relatives, um, it was it was basically beef tartare. Yes. I mean, in, in, a, in a sense. Um, now you see it a little bit more in the cook variety or they'll have, you know. Yeah, so the, what, what, is the, what is the Haitian form? What well, is that like? um, we, 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 we do have some that where they do it the pretty much you know the tartar mm-hmm. but we also have the one where they do the canal the football shaped one right right with uh, burger wheat lamb spices inside of it it's so popular because it is something that you will find at any party and Haiti and even here in the states and something you can just pick up and sustain yourself yes, on for a while. Yes, definitely. So are there any favorite dishes of yours or unusual dishes that you encourage people to try? Um, of Haitian, Haitian food? Yes. Uh, or really I any. Would, I mean. Okay. <laughs> so let, let's go on Haitian cuisine a little okay. bit. So I say goat, fried goat, uh, which I did last night at the event. Okay. Um, I just love gamey meat. So to me, that's my number one to go to. Um, we do also have our pumpkin soup that we do, which is called a soup jumeau. Mm. It's, um, it's a soup that we did to celebrate, commemorate our independence. And what's the preparation for that? Because so, I love pumpkin. Yeah, it's, uh, we use this variety of pumpkin. It's called calabaza squash. And, you know, boil it, blend it, make it into a soup form. And then we add also, you know, root vegetables like potatoes, turnips, carrots, uh, some cabbages. Is it cream-based or broth-based? No, it's broth-based. Okay. Yes, broth-based. And some people add um, some proteins. The traditional protein would be beef. Um, And along the years, as uh, people wanted to add more things to make it sustainable because, you know, it's all we have when we celebrate our our independence, which is on January 1st. So they started adding some pasta to it also. So like, you know, so you can not get hungry too fast, right? Right. Um, Fill you up. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of the Haitian cuisine, I just love Korean cuisine. Mm, me too. Right. Um, I love Italian cuisine too, because to me it's so fresh and so vibrant. So I love that. I agree. Lots of fresh ingredients. Uh, I was in Italy right before the pandemic, and um, I did some of those experiential okay. immersion-type things. That we did truffle hunting, and we, we made pasta, fresh pasta, and oh, yes. cooked it with the truffles. And, um, yeah, there's nothing quite like it. Um, so much good food out there. Um, so I think I read somewhere where you have several women in your family that were personal influences yes. on you growing yes. up uh, towards cooking. Yes. So the funny side about it is they did not teach me how to cook. I watched them cooking so I could jump in the kitchen and cook myself. Um, My mom and my grandma. um, So when I was growing up, you know, back back home, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner. So there's no in-between or whenever you want. So you have to, everybody has to eat with everybody together. And that's how it was. So me, you know, I've always loved food. So... I'm like, man, I, I want I want to be able to eat what I want when I want. So I just started paying attention to them, what they were doing, every step, without knowing why. Right. So I just knew that, okay, this is what I have to do. So I just followed the steps. And as the years went by, I started growing more passionate about it because then I started cooking for my friends. 
And my friends were like, oh, man, you need to take this uh, to the next level. Right. And I did. That's wonderful. If, if they were anything like my uh, grandmothers, they shooed me out of the kitchen. I remember that <laughs> quite frequently. And to just talking about, just don't get in my way. You know, maybe yeah. you can look, maybe not get but in the, the way. The funny but part <laughs> is that me growing in a Haitian household in Haiti, it was not really something popular for men to be in the kitchen. Right. Um, if you look into the Caribbean or the Afro community, women are more in the kitchen than men. Mm -hmm. But worldwide, it's a male-dominated industry. True. Very true. So, you competed on Chopped Meat Fight. <laughs> Goat edition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, just a minute ago you said uh, one of your things you would recommend is fried goat. Um, I admit I've never tried goat. How would you describe it to somebody? And okay. I would say goat is the cousin of lamb, right? Um, but a little more tough, a little more gamey, right? So that's why whenever we do goat, we, in our techniques, we braise it for a while mm -hmm. so we can break down the muscles, tissues, and everything. And then after that, whatever you want to do with it, you do it with Lots of spices. Lots of spices, mm -hmm. you know, fresh herbs, citrus, a lot of hot peppers, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's just this amazing explosion of flavors. That's the best way I can describe it. And what did you prepare for that uh, competition? Um, well, for that competition, so ev every step we had to do goat in a different form, right? So the appetizer had to be a goat. So they give us these four quarters this whole four quarters of leg of goat um that's and, a lot of goat and we had 20 <laughs> minutes to do it which is literally impossible so you had to just figure out a certain way to make it at least edible right yeah. because that, that's that kind of takes out the slow braising yeah slow braising yeah so I, I i the first one i did a crostini because so in chop they give you these odd ingredients that normally you wouldn't pair together so they give us this um, this kind of dulce de leche roll, right? So I had to use it as a crostini, and I, 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 I tried to cook the goat down as much as possible, and I topped it off with a, kind of a goat aioli. Oh, so a little, cheese aioli. a little sweet and savory. Savory, yes, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, pickled shallots. That sounds delicious. I think I would try that. <laughs> Definitely, if you were cooking it. Um, so, in regard to the Discovery Plus show with Ludacris, yes. if I am correct, was it the actual premiere episode that you... Yes. Okay. So, um, so he had a first episode that they did, the pilot, um, and it aired last year, and I guess the network liked the reception he got for it, so they wanted to do more episodes, and my episode, which called A Taste of Haiti, was one of the first episodes that aired when the new season started. So what was it like working with him? It was surreal. Um, you and, know, how you and how did you even get involved in it? Uh, somebody slid in my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess they were looking for chefs through Instagram. You know, I guess it's one of the best ways to get to get judged. And they sent me a message. At first, I thought it was a hoax. But something told me, you know what, reply back, what can hurt? And I tried, and I replied back. So we went through the whole process of, you know, interviews, um, phone conversations, emails, and everything. And 
at the end, they told me that they wanted to go with me as the lead chef for the episode. And working with him was surreal because, you know, you see him on the TV, on the big screen, you hear their music, and to be standing right there with them, and it's a very down-to-earth person. He's really cool. He loves food. He loves culture. And, and the irony is, as I'm understanding it, is the name of the show is Luda Can't Cook, but he yes. actually can cook. Yes. He's yes. actually a really good cook. Yes. So... Well, that's fantastic. Are you are you going to be doing any more with him on that? Um, not right now. I'm not sure yet. But I, I have also some other shows lined up with the Food Network coming up. Oh, okay. So, Anything you can tease us on? Uh, under wraps for now. Under wraps for now. Okay. Well, then we'll have to we'll have yeah. to definitely keep an eye out. Yes. Um, one one other thing I saw that was interesting is that you did a. Um, a Haitian dinner at the James Beard House. Yes, yes. With seven other chefs. Yes. So uh, that was, what year was that? 20? That was 2017. Okay. Yes, 2017. It was the first um, Haitian-themed dinner at the James Beard House. And it was seven of us. Um, and each person did a different course. Okay. And it was just an amazing experience, man. It was, I would say it was electric because being in that house and knowing the history and everybody else that did dinners at the house and for us to be able to do it. And we did it also on the Haitian Flag Day. Oh, okay. Right, so we were celebrating our Flag Day, so we did it at the same time. So it was a big Haitian celebration. Yes. That sounds amazing. Um, well, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with no, us. No, thank you very much for having me. And um, I, I hope to you know, run into you again and be able to uh, experience your cooking. Uh, thanks again for coming in. Thank out. you, thank you. Thanks for listening to HRN's live coverage of Charleston Wine and Food Festival. I'm Christine Sykes-Lowe. We're grateful to the festival for having HRN back in the Culinary Village for the six-year running. You can listen to all of our coverage on our podcast, Heritage Radio Network on Tour. Find it on heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.